Radio. Let's talk pets. Simpson, the host of Vet Candy. I'm really excited for this show. This is my first one. I've been so busy being a newly graduated veterinarian at Colorado State, and I'm so happy to finally get this going. Today on our show, my guest is Dr. Margot Stuchin. She's my friend, classmate, roommate, and a new veterinarian as well. We're going to talk all about what we wish we knew before veterinary school. Hi, thank you, Meryl. I'm so excited to be here on your podcast. I've uh, never been a podcast before, so I think this is a really important topic, and I think that hopefully it will be helpful to you know burgeoning veterinarians, to um, people currently in vet school, and will just be a good resource for all. Thanks so much. So we'll get going. And with my first question, I want to hear about your path to veterinary school. Sure. So my path to vet school was a little bit atypical, I think. I Before vet school, I sort of, I did some of the volunteering stuff. I volunteered at a zoo. I worked, actually worked at a conservation lab at the Museum of Natural History. And I wasn't sure what I was going to do with that after college. I did a year fellowship with the CDC. I got placed out in Denver. And then after that year, I couldn't find a job working in another lab at the time. I think it was 2012 and ended up working at my cousin's construction company. And on the side, I was volunteering at the Museum of Nature and Science. I was making museum specimens. And one day, my cousin, my boss, came up to me and he said, you know, you're doing great things for the company. Like, it's, it's cool that you're here, but you should really be doing more. And he was the one who at that time really supported me and was like, you should, you should apply to vet school. And it took me a little while to come around to it and then looked into the application process. I had never worked in a small animal clinic. I had mostly research background and mostly not even like live animal research. It was mostly like museum specimens and DNA samples and uh, obscure wildlife stuff. And I kind of, so I ended up sort of applying on the fly. I went up to CSU. My, I'm originally from New York, but I was living in Colorado at the time, so I'd be in state. And they said, you know, you'd be a really great applicant for the DBM MPH program. So master's in public health, a, a joint program. And you, you're kind of like an okay candidate for just the DBM program. So maybe you should think about doing that extra year. And I worked in public health, like I said, did the CDC. I, you know, was sort of had to warm up to the idea, uh, but ended up applying for the joint program. So I did the year of the master's before. And, and that's sort of how I ended up being in vet school, um, which I think is like a little bit of a different path than some of my other cohorts. Awesome. That sounds really cool. Definitely an alternative path. I love to hear that. I think, you know, a lot of our classmates have diverse backgrounds. And myself, I worked for Merck for two years between undergrad and veterinary school. And I kind of realized all the different things that veterinarians can do and can be. And it was exciting for me to go and return to an academic environment after being in industry for a couple of years. And then, you know, learning about all of our classmates' backgrounds was really interesting as well. I'm curious, though, you know, what do you wish you knew before starting veterinary school that would have helped you throughout these last four years? 
I think that's a really good question. I, like I said, I, I applied sort of, I'm not going to say on the fly because I did, I did a full application. I worked quite hard on it, but I didn't really know what to expect. I, I applied to make a career move. And so I think there were a lot of things that I did not expect doing in. I definitely, well, my first year I got a vitamin D deficiency. I didn't expect that I was going to be inside so much. I didn't realize how hard I was going to have to work. And, you know, they say it's hard, but they don't, I think that there's a lot more to that. And so, and maybe with me specifically too. So, and we were, we were talking about this a little bit before, but I think I remember looking at the calendar in my first three months of med school and realizing I had gone into the anatomy lab every single day for 90 days, for three months straight. I didn't take a day off and nobody told me that that was going to happen. Like nobody told me that And I mean, I think everybody has different feelings about how much they need to study or how much they need to work, but I didn't realize how consuming it was going to be. And I think because of that, it made the whole conversation and the importance of wellness just more and more relevant for me going in. I think that, and even talking to pre-vet students at at CSU now and people who are going to be starting next year you know, everyone thinks that they have a strategy for their wellness, but you really don't know what that looks like until you're there and you figure out what your needs are. So that's really interesting because I felt like my initial, you know, experience going into veterinary school was kind of different because I was not in the anatomy lab every day. I was, I ended up living with two veterinary students who were a year ahead of me and they were definitely more social butterflies of their class. And so I spent probably every weekend going out. And then I quickly realized that that would be kind of a different way to burn out. (laughs) And I wasn't going to make it if I was continuing on, you know, just like having as much fun as I possibly could. But I did realize that it's possible to have fun in veterinary school. I think it's a lot of information and it can be consuming at times, but it's also, you definitely kind of get out what you put into it. So if you do spend enough time, then you can get decent grades. But, you know, if you spend a lot more time, then you're going to be a stellar student, as I know you are. (laughs) We mentioned wellness a little bit, and I want to get onto that topic. It's kind of a buzzword in the profession right now. Everyone's focused on positive mental health and managing burnout and whatnot. So what does wellness mean to you and how have you incorporated that into your life over the last four years? So I think that wellness has definitely been something that I have had to make a conscious effort to make a part of my life. And we talk about wellness and like you said, it's it's a buzzword. And then we say, oh, take a yoga class or, or do some deep breathing. And I think that take a dance class, you know, do something, don't just study all the time. And that's really important. And I can tell you, you know, I tried to take a yoga class and I, and I was like, oh my God, I should be, I should be studying. I should be. And that's not, that doesn't work. That's not wellness. That doesn't mean anything unless it actually is helping you. So before I started vet school, I did I did professional archery on and off. I had stopped for a number of years. I, I shot in college and I, again, was, was trying the normal wellness, the breathing and the yoga. And it wasn't doing it for me because it just wasn't clicking. And I think, and I had to be like, you know what, that's, that's okay. You know, and, and I ended up going back to the archery because I found it as a great way to like, you shoot 
an arrow in the middle, you shoot a bullseye and it's in the middle and you know, you did that and I felt good about that. As opposed to I think some of the uncertainty about vet school and you're in a group with a you know, all new people, you're learning things that are completely new, you're doing things that are, you know, for me were completely unfamiliar and you're learning a whole new language. I mean, we're learning a medical language and, and all of that I think creates a lot of uncertainty. And it's not just for you, it's also for everyone around you. And so for me, it was picking up something that for me was very certain. I knew how to shoot, I knew how to do archery, I knew how to compete, I knew the rules and I knew how to do it well. And that felt that felt really, really good. As vet school went on, I found that there's also a lot of wellness to be found and had with the people around you. And I think like you said, you know, you were you were going out every weekend, you were having your vet school friends and like that's really important. Again, don't hole up and get a vitamin D deficiency. Don't do that. <laughs> like go outside, make some friends, do some fun things, and that will come back to you, I think, in a really positive way that maybe you didn't expect. So it's funny that you, you know, talk about taking yoga class and all of that. That was something that I really liked before veterinary school. But what I got into during veterinary school was hot yoga because I needed, I needed really to feel like I was in pain in order to distract myself. Um, I got into running too for a similar reason, because if you could get, I just felt like if I could get really in my body then I could get out of my head. And that was how I managed my wellness. And I've always been a horseback rider, 12, 13, however many years now. And so I got back into that and finding that and focusing on my body and what it was doing. And sometimes that meant running for 30 minutes and just like feeling like I can't breathe. And sometimes that was like sweating into my own eyes <laughs> in a hot yoga class, but it's, you know, really different for everyone. And I think it is, you bring about a valid point that everyone needs to find their wellness and needs to find what really can take them away from the veterinary school kind of rigor. Because it doesn't end when you go home, like our jobs before veterinary school. I think it's, it's easier to find wellness when you have a nine to five job and you can leave that at your place of work and go to the gym or do whatever you want. But I think with veterinary school, you do need to kind of put it aside and make time for your, for those things that are important to you. So that being said, I want to talk about some of the best parts, the highlights of veterinary school for you. What have they been? Oh my God. I think probably the friends I've made, you included, you've been a wonderful friend and a wonderful roommate. And it's just really awesome being in a group of people that have the same interests, that are smart, that have, you know, we're all kind of in the same boat together. And that it sounds really sappy. It sounds kind of lame, but it's really true. That is probably the, the best part. The other best part is I've met some really cool animals. Like I always knew I loved animals, but then they continue to amaze me in so many ways. I've had great patients. I've had, you know, even just like meeting my friends' animals. I think that's been a great part. The other thing is I have really loved being back in school, like really loved the knowledge that I've gotten, really loved that now I can use it, really loved applying that and being able to take that with me into the world. And so I think all of those have been, all those have been the best part. Yeah. Awesome. I agree with you in that finding this veterinary community has been one of the best parts of school for me. I've made amazing friends who will be lifelong friends. You know, even if we go across the country or different countries, we'll always be close, you know, and 
meeting inspiring mentors as well has been a huge highlight for me. I really don't think that I would have made it through veterinary school feeling, I guess, as good as I do now without their support along the way. So another another highlight of veterinary school that I've found is the opportunity to move across the country to a completely new place. In addition to meeting a bunch of new friends and having this amazing veterinary community, I fell in love with Colorado and it wasn't a place that was on the map for me before. So I think that it's important for every person in their lives to kind of move away from home. And I hadn't really, because I went to Rutgers for undergrad and then I worked in New Jersey after, and I had never left my little New Jersey bubble. So that was really exciting and, and new. And, you know, now I'm, a, I'm looking forward to moving to Vancouver, which is a completely different country and kind of soaking that in and taking, you know, just really experiencing that new environment. I want to talk about what you think is your biggest challenge during veterinary school? There are a lot of parts of vet school that are challenging and different stages of vet school come with their own challenges. In the beginning, I think the hardest part is the amount of time, at least for me, that I had to put in. And even, you know, you're sort of butt in seat eight hours a day, you're doing a lot of classes, you have to go and do a lot of studying, and then you have to try and find time for yourself. And by that, I mean, like, you have to shower, you know, you have to, (laughs) you have to do groceries, or you'll be really sad, you know, or you have to, and then you have to find, you know, time for your friends and all that. That probably in the beginning was the biggest challenge. And I'd say now different programs are different. But by the time we got to our clinical year, I think that's something that I got better at. And I think most of the people around me, at least I hope they got better at that too. Figuring out how to be more efficient, figuring out what you need to prioritize, figuring out like not how to shower, but that you need to shower, (laughs) you know, are all are all important things. In the fourth year, there are a whole set of new challenges because you're in a clinical year. You know, you are dealing with enormous uncertainty as far as where you're going to go next, whether you're going to, like you did, Meryl, you accept a position, whether uh, you're going to enter the match, all of that is really scary and really challenging. And for most people ends up being really good and positive. Most people I know are going to a good place and they're happy about it. You also are suddenly faced now, like I said, I never worked in a small animal clinic before, but you are suddenly faced with the challenges and the fatigues that come along with being a veterinarian. You are going to see cases that are really sad. You're going to deal with clients that are really difficult. You are going to be in a position where there's not a whole lot sometimes that you can do about it because you're a student or also just the nature of what the case is. So I think that seeing what these challenges look like in the profession, seeing what kind of emotional or clinical or just other types of conflicts that will come up is something that I have seen that's been really challenging this year. You know, euthanizing patients that you really liked or dealing with clients with financial constraints that you, you know, wish weren't so. And um, yeah, I think those have all been challenges that I've seen in, in my vet school experience. Yeah, I mean, this year has definitely prepared us more for what's to come than any of our other years before. Do you have any additional advice or things you wish you knew before entering clinics that you can provide to listeners? Yeah, I think you, 
going into clinics is scary, at least not because it's actually scary, but because we've all sort of decided that it's scary because we don't know what to expect. And that in and of itself is scary. You are going to be okay. You're going to figure it out. Just try and get as much as you can from the people around you. So your faculty, certainly your residents and interns that are there to teach you and they're learning too. And then definitely the technicians, they know a lot, treat them with respect and learn from them. Um, and then your, your classmates too. Everybody is in the same boat. Drink water. That <laughs> is something that I forgot to do. Um, so do that. Definitely drink water. Keep showering. Um, keep doing your groceries. And I guess, you know, you're going to get, you're going to gain a whole set of skills. You're not going to have them on day one necessarily. Some people might and good for them. Some things you're going to have to, you know, pick up and learn on your own and be honest with yourself. Be honest with the people around you and in all ways, how you're doing, how you're feeling, ask for help. Or if you, if you are doing a physical exam and you don't hear lung sounds, say, I don't hear them and give it a second and give yourself time because you're going to learn and you're going to be a better doctor for it. I think that's really good advice. And I met with one of my mentors recently. That's exactly the advice that he gave me going forward into this next stage of our lives, which is to be patient with ourselves because we're going to be learning and it's going to take longer than a year. It's going to take a few years and we're not going to be, you know, the best veterinarians right off the bat. And that's okay. And we're going to make mistakes. And that's also okay. And it's important to kind of reach out to your network of people who understand what you're going through in order to manage that. I think both of us have one of the biggest challenges for me throughout veterinary school has definitely been feeling like an imposter feeling like, oh, I don't belong here. And that kind of rears its ugly head, especially during transition times going from between you know, second and third year and third and fourth year, especially between didactic lecture-based learning and clinics, feeling kind of overwhelmed at the changes and, you know, am I good enough kind of questions. And I think it's been really helpful to to talk to friends when I'm feeling that way, because a lot of other people are feeling that way. And, you know, reaching out to that network has been a great support system. So how do you manage imposter syndrome? Oh, boy, I think... So imposter syndrome is something that for me has reared its ugly head kind of here and there. Like, you know, I, I do something, I feel great about it. And I'm like, oh my God, why are they letting me do this? Like I, even, even on graduation day, totally crazy. But I was like, they're not gonna, they're not gonna call my name. Then there was no, there's no reason for it. You know, there's no reason. The only advice, you know, that, that I can give, I think is, that first of all, it has to come from within. You have to tell yourself, I do deserve to be here. And because you you do, you're in the same programs everyone around you. And I think imposter syndrome can happen no matter how well you do on clinics, in school, anything like that, on, you know, Navly, all those things. I think you have to tell yourself, you know what, like I did it, I'm here, I deserve to be here. Sometimes that's really hard. And then it's really helpful to have friends and mentors and have them being there to support you and, and reminding yourself of your support system. I think it's I think it's unfortunate in our profession that we have so many people who are feeling imposter syndrome. And I don't really know why that is, but it's just, you know, when you do when you do a good job, when you do something right, it is as important to say, look at me, like I kicked butt on that case or I figured that out or I looked this up or I got this as much as like sometimes you're like, oh dear, I, you know, I messed up or I didn't understand what's going on at all. 
and finding like when you have a win, you need to tell yourself you have a win because sometimes a lot of the time other people around you aren't, aren't going to do it for you. So I think that's the only kind of insight that I have on imposter syndrome, but I don't know. Thanks for sharing. (laughs) I want to end with talking about what we're doing next. I know our classmates are all, all come from really diverse backgrounds and they're all kind of going different places next. And I would love to hear about where you're going. So I entered the match, like I said before, and I am doing a small animal rotating medicine and surgery internship at University of Wisconsin-Madison, and I'm very much looking forward to it. Great. I'm going to do a, a small animal emergency training program in Vancouver. It's sort of through the Blue Pearl Emerge program. It's kind of a new emergency focused training program. And I'm really looking forward to it. I'm just about to pack the U-Haul and head up there. But I hope everyone, I hope you had fun spending time with us. Thank you very much for listening. We had an incredible time. I'd like to thank my guest, Dr. Stuchin, for coming on the show and telling us all about the vet school experience. Please follow us on social media at MyVetCandy. Let us know what you think about our show. Even if you hate it, we want to know what you think. Until next time. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.